Hey, and welcome to the Dad FC Football Podcast. And we're coming to you with a, a Christmas roundup. Don't worry, we're not going to be doing every fixture, or this could be about a five hour episode, <laughs> uh, even if we talk about all the COVID ones as well. But, uh, Jan, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm feeling well rested now. And I, well, well rested. We're in this weird lull period between Christmas and New Year where no one ever knows what day it is, and chocolate for breakfast is acceptable. And kids are already bored of their toys. Yeah, they're all broken or lost. Yeah, cardboard boxes are still the main main event. Yeah, that's it. Most of Jack's toys are currently wedged on the back of the couch because that's his ah. favorite. Put them. Freddie likes to put them, but he's behind the um the radiators. Solid in the house. So yeah, so there's like any amount of cars jammed down, like and every so often you go with a wooden spoon and try and <laughs> try and get all these toys out. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good Christmas. But I looking forward to getting into this. There's been so much footy, hasn't there? Yeah, absolutely, Lord. So that's where we're going to start off first before we get into the actual, any actual talk of teams. Is the the a lot of the narrative coming from the managers is the the COVID issue, which is happening over Christmas, but then mm-hmm. also the Christmas fixtures itself. Do we need a Christmas break? Is there too much going on? Like, what what's your take on everything? Um, I said it before. I love I love the Christmas period, um, and I think squads are big enough that they can. Rotate and cope. How can how can the big, especially the big six, put out usually second elevens in like the Carabao Cup? Um, they've got big enough squads. What's a, what is the point in having twenty five man squads if you're only going to pay fourteen players every week? So I don't know. I do. I sympathise a bit with Klopp. I know he didn't play because of COVID, but easily could have moved. He, you know, he could have played on the 29th and the 28th. I do get that. Why have why give two days rest when they could have three? So there is there is some um sympathy, I guess, with with the clips, but you're a cop sympathizer. I don't well, I've got a I've got a sympathizer with one of his 30 excuses that he always pedals out. So <laughs> um I didn't buy the wind on that, that one, but um but yeah, I do I do get it, but I also, at the same time, absolutely love the festive period of football. I just think that clubs have got to manage their squads better through the period. But then again, at the same time, you see how many players pull up. Like Newcastle lost two players. Reese James has gone. Madison pulled up with something. Like how many, how many players just get niggles in these muscle injuries for like six weeks and eight weeks, whatever. I understand where you come from. I, I personally like the challenge of the, mm-hmm. like, like the Premier League, which makes it the best in the world and the strongest teams there. So for the fixtures over Christmas, it's like not only is it a tradition, but it also adds to challenge where you can't just have like 11, 12, 13, 14 players. You need that, at least a 20, 25-man squad. So it adds a bit more sort of, uh, of a, a bigger challenge where you've got to have 20 players who can all come and play in the Premier League and have be able to yeah. play players and have different matchups where... I think, I think that's a really good challenge and just it keeps you guessing, especially if you're trying to put together a fancy football team where you're trying to guess. Oh, yeah. You've need a chance of your pep. Um, yeah, it's interesting that thing, the kind of the challenge of rotation, because if you're, if you're ambitious to be like a top English club side where you're you know, challenging on four fronts, basically, both sort of in Europe, Premier League and two cups, you can't do that if you've only got a sort of, you know, if Klopp's, Klopp's squad is, is is small in comparison to the, so, somebody like, you know, Man United, Chelsea, um, 
certainly, obviously City, it's smaller in comparison to those. Well, that's, isn't that the feelings of the club to prepare better for this? They know it's every year. Liverpool's been playing in the Premier League for the whole, the whole time. How, how, how aren't you used to this? So, yeah, I do... I do kind of, I do sympathise and empathise a little bit, but I just think the club's got to manage better. They've got big enough squads. They do it in cup 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 games. So, yeah, I agree with you. They've got to be able to, to manage that. And then, then it goes like the planning of like, you don't want to bring like Origi in from the cold for like one game when he hasn't played for like 15 beforehand. So does he get a few games in advance of the, this busy period? So how do you, do you know what I mean? It's, it's interesting, but all in all, Injuries are going to be part and parcel of it. I guess the one thing is, and this, this is what managers always say, is they always say it's because of uh, player welfare. I'm like, nah, it's your job welfare, really. <laughs> if you only got that player's out because you're worried now you can't win the next game. So I'm not sure as much as it's like looking after the players. But there is, some, there, is some, there is certainly an argument in that. And do you think, do you think we could maybe structure it where a couple of teams have a week's break, so maybe only had five fixtures over a period, and then a couple of days, so there was a rest, but to stagger the fixtures. Could that work, do you think? But then you have your international breaks, which was like two or three during October, November. Mm. There's another one due as March or April. Is like a, so there is breaks throughout the throughout the season. Like it's just part and parcel. I don't think anything needs changing. And it seems to me all the, the German managers who argue that are the best managers anyway, they're all the ones that are arguing for it. So now I'm almost going to contradict myself that some of the highest, the highest quality managers are German. They all yeah. have the same point of view. Maybe we should listen to them and have a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, there's no British manager, <laughs> certainly there's no English managers in the top, in the top, top echelons of English football, is there? Mm. Um, Brendan Rogers is probably the most high-profile job, isn't he, for, for IKEA? There hasn't been an Englishman win the Premier League as a manager. I know. So yeah, maybe we that... should. Maybe we should just delete the last 10 minutes and say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring in, like, bring in a break. Look, so Liverpool's fixtures, so they play the... Um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, you can't really look at them because they didn't play games, did they? Who's played all, all the games? Chelsea have played quite a lot, haven't they? I think this... Is it 26 play on the 29th, play on the 26th. That's, that's like... Three games, three days in between. It's not. It's no different from Champions League, Premier League, Champions League, Cup. Do you know what I mean? It's no different to that. I don't think. Uh, so there's only two teams played twenty games, and that's Man City and Chelsea. Yeah. Everyone else has played nineteen, eighteen, seventeen. And there's games today, isn't there? Only with fifteen. I know. Yeah, Burnley play tonight, don't they? Um, but. Uh, the only thing, the only way I could see it happening, it's it's, it's never going to get dropped because the business of football, Sky and BT. I mean, Amazon Prime must be furious that they yeah. paid for every game and then like eighty percent of them are called off. But um, but it's never they're never going to stop doing that. No. It's too much tradition. It's too much money that people love to pile in the boozers and go watch the matches or whatever. So it's never going to happen. The only thing I can see is maybe doing a staggered where you have five teams don't play on the Boxing Day, and then they play on the twenty eighth instead, and yeah. then five, you know, and then somehow that that's the only way I see yeah. it happening. But then, but then your local pubs, like for instance, we went to our local to watch the Newcastle game. Uh, we've never seen that bar that busy before. Yeah, yeah. It's only because it was uh, whatever day it was on at Christmas. All days are the same. 
<laughs> but the local team to that area is not going to want to have their local team played half as many times. Aye, but local te- the local area doesn't really matter, does it, in football anymore? It's all about just about TV rights, isn't it? Anyway, that's what that's what it's about. But yeah, so I, I I'm still in favour of it. Whether it needs to be tweaked and tweaked and be um, sort of staggered, I don't know. But I'm st- I'm still largely in favour of it, and clubs just got to re- got to prepare better. Okay. Uh, so Klopp, if you want to come on, disagree with me and Yanis, uh, we will be able to schedule in for a pod. If you have time Absolutely. To okay. Top three. Yeah. Man City was my pick, mate. You went mm-hmm. to Chelsea. What are you thinking? Half we just over halfway through now. What are you thinking? Oh yeah, City. Eight points. If, they, if this remind this City, what are the one like nine in a row or something like that? Now this reminds you of that like relentless run that went on to get like one hundred and one points and beat Liverpool. Was it seventeen Premier League? Like, basically half a season. Do a game shy of half a season, or a couple of games shy of half a season. Um, that they that they won like just outrageous. So. Uh, this kind of reminds me of that. Um, I can't see them losing them, dropping enough points. Now, eight points, massive that. Is Pep doing to the Premier League do what, he, what he did to the Bundesliga? Yeah, I, but the Premier Pep League is a bit... I know, well, I actually said, I texted in that saying, like, as soon as that equaliser went in for Chelsea, well, we spoke and I was like, when this equaliser went in for Chelsea, that's ruined the title race for me. Because, like, and it seemed like Salah missing that penalty the other day, like... Li- yeah, Liverpool should have won that game. Mane's miss. Like, I don't think they played particularly well, but they should have still won that game. If they do and they win their game in hand, they're only three. They're only a wait. They're only like um, beating City later on in the season away from being level on points. But now, I just don't see City dropping enough points. Um, the only thing I can see, and it's a point Dan raised when he came on. Uh, I think it was when we were chatting about the. Um, Champions League is just a pep roulette. If he rotates, I don't think City were anywhere near as good yesterday. Um, and the drop Mares, who's been back, you know, he he's scored a few in, in three games. Um, Sterling's had a great run of last few games. Drop both of them to bring Ford and, and Grealish back in. And Grealish sort of not really doing much. Obviously, Ford and scored. And I think Ford always looks good when he comes in. But that's the only way I say is if he goes weird in the games and starts like tink- over tinkering. Do you think his roulette is that good? Like the winning, like their bad performances, like they pick up one nil win, whereas Chelsea draw and Liverpool get beat when they have to rotate or have an off day. Man yeah, like, don't, just don't win as comfortably. Yeah, it's true that. Um, and they, like, they are a stronger team than they were. Yeah, obviously there's a champ champ final where you think and everyone's saying like you, you just the pep roulette went too far. Yeah, I've got a list of like and let us know if I've missed any out here. Yeah. And the list I sent you over, they've got 12 players that can come into that sort of top six players, you know, where they play like the 4 3 3. And like, yeah, yeah, anyone can come in anyway. So you've got Grealish, uh, De Bruyne, Ford, and Sterling, uh, Jesus, Silva, Mares, Gundogan, Torres, uh, that young kid Palmer, Rodri, Fernandinho. Yeah, ridiculous, isn't like, it? That is it. Maybe the, the young lad that's coming through, you're the 11 would walk into most teams. I know, yeah, the fact like Rodri gets a rest and he brings Fernandinho in. Like, yeah, I know he's old and stuff, but like he's still still quality. Um, yeah, I, I just I can't see them dropping enough points. I've written down relentless. That's what I think they are. Just they're going to be that results machine that just churns out like eight, nine, ten wins in a row again and just goes on a massive run. And then I think I, it, 
it worries me because we're sat there at the start of the season or you know three or four games in and I was still thinking Chelsea, Liverpool were starting to fly. I really wanted it to be like, I wanted to build to a crescendo. Last game of the season, still City, Liverpool, Chelsea can all win it. They've got Someone's got to go and get a result that's somewhere tough to win it. Like that's, you know, the, the sort of drama building up. We have the, the live league table going yeah, on. Yeah, someone scores and then they go from third to first. That's what that's what I wanted. But I just, nah, it doesn't look like it's going to be the case now. I think it's going to be, and it's not. It's it's partly because City have been so good, but partly because we'll get out of Chelsea in a second because they've just had a a massive dip in form. Um, yes. So yeah, I think that's I think that's the main. You know, so Chelsea have actually played twenty, as you said, and so City played twenty. They've both won 16, but um, it's more draws versus losses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, so It's it's worrying. Like, what, what, where do you think Chelsea's gone wrong? Because at the start of the season, the, it was the huge debate. Is it City or Chelsea for the title with Liverpool's like ranked outsiders? And I know you picked Chelsea, which I'm going to rub in until the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so, where, where's it started going wrong for them? I think a um, couple of injuries um, was the start, was the catalyst for this little dip in form. Kovacic, um, Kante, and then Jorginho, I think, was like playing through like a strain or something, wasn't he? Playing through a niggle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they they were pretty much sort of shoe ins for them. Who was the most out uh, them three there? Who would you say is the most important in order? Uh, it's hard that Kante's the best player, I think. I'd have pick him for for like if for signing somebody right now for my club, I'd pick him, but don't know. They're, I think they're all really important for them. They're probably three of the most important players, really. Like <laughs> Thiago Silva, you'd probably say. Um I think Jorginho's really important for them. Keeps him ticking over, good on the ball, barely gives it away. But but then the, the miss Kovic is the one that I would say I would I was saying a couple of years ago, I didn't think he was all, all that, but Start of the season, House on Fire, some great assists, really looking brilliant. And like they managed to sort of muddle through, have Loftus Cheek playing, look really good in certain games. But in actual fact, when you take all three of them out, at least two of them, it's too much quality dropping. Then obviously Lukaku, two and two, is that massive for them getting him back on track? Do you think? Does it make a difference? Or I mean, didn't he only score like three before he got injured? Mm. So it wasn't, and he scored two of them in one game, I think. Uh, we scored yeah. one outside the box, one in Arsenal his debut. So I don't think he's, he didn't exactly score a shed load. Yeah, but maybe the, because he was such a big threat, made gaps appear everywhere else. I like when I, I do like when they play up to make a proper centre forward. When they play up to him, pops off in the midfield, and then like get runners in behind that. I do like it when they play at that. Don't know. Suddenly, like you look at the squad now, and su- suddenly because they're not in good form, like oh, how good is Werner? How good is Pulisic? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whereas, you know, ten pods ago, were like that bench of Werner and Pulisic and all these players. So it's just <laughs> it's all relative, isn't it? You look when someone's in form, like or is it just City or just another level right now when it's no compete with that that squad? Well, I think that's one thing. It's hard. It's hard to stay. It's it's hard for a team to stay relentlessly. We're getting a hundred points. Getting there, that like plus sort of ninety-five plus points is so hard to do. You've basically got to win nearly every game. Like you've just got to be an absolute machine. And Chelsea have had a bit of dip in form, and I yeah, think that's 
winning 12 from 20, like, it's not terrible form, but it's just not enough to be. Yeah. Given how, like you said, relentless City are. Uh, Liverpool, Klopp is getting the reputation of mourning all the time, mate. Yeah, he's just does love a moan, doesn't he? So always love the moan, though. My, my soft spot for Liverpool came through Klopp because I just liked him so much as a manager. Yeah. I liked him so much as a person. But now he's starting to annoy me because he's looks so miserable and mourning all the time. Do you think that's like a knock-on effect to the squad? Possibly, yeah, yeah. If he, if he had, yeah. Months ago, like when this, when your team, he is people mourning all the time. Like, listen, think about your place of work. If you saw your manager complaining in the morning all the time, it's going to have a knock-on effect to you or the conditions yeah. of this or this isn't fair. Like, sure, that's a mentality thing installed down to attitude as well, to a certain extent. Yeah. Potentially, I think um, it's if he had six, seven first-team players at his disposal extra, would he be mourning as much? Probably not. So you're probably right. Uh, he knows he's got to run Salah and Mane into the ground. Even when Mane hasn't really fired quite, hasn't hit the heights of a couple of seasons. Like this is maybe a season and a half now where Mane hasn't been quite as, I mean, that Leicester game. Like Marnie gobbles up that chance where he gets put through great touch and then he goes over the bar. Like he just, I was amazed that he, he missed that. He's been so, the games and the reason I've noticed Marnie quite a lot, not just because I watch football, but I actually I had him in the fantasy football team at the start and mm. he did pretty well in the last few games. He missed loads of chances and I was quite relieved because I was like, ah, at least I'm not, not missing. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, I think he, he was like brilliant for a couple of seasons, as was obviously. Firmino and so is Salah, of course. Yeah. Is it, are we just ask expecting too much that somebody is that good for that long? I mean, Salah is obviously a freak. Like, the guy's an absolute animal. Like, he just, he's just every single, I mean, other than his pen miss. Mm. And obviously, and there was a, there was also another brilliant save by Casper um, Spreck on that game where Salah could have, could have scored again. But I mean, Salah's got more goals and like, isn't he, hasn't got as many assists as anybody else in the league as well. He's just outrageous this season. It's hard. So, as you compare Manny, and Salah, but natural fighting my isolation. He's still a really good player, does a lot for the team, works really hard. It's just hard to do what Salah does all the time because yeah. he's a, the best in the world at the minute. So I think Liverpool have been brilliant. Sadly, Leicester was a massive, massive defeat. And then I think African Cup of Nations going to come along with Yeah. It's going to put a lot of pressure on, on Jota to score some goals and um, Firmino. Minamino. Uh, Minamino has always been okay in the Cup game and stuff. Like he's. But when I um, Harvey Elliott's due back, he was oh, a he'll be, he'll be, be a while yet, wasn't it? It was a leg break, wasn't it? Oh, it was a brutal leg break, but he was up running a lot quicker after it. I haven't heard much about him. Um, yeah, uh, I think the Cup of Nations could see them tail off and turn into a, I don't even know, it's still going to be a two horse race, but yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see that. Um, also, what will be interesting to see, we haven't really spoke about, is January. Like, do do Liverpool, do Liverpool go and sign, you know, go out and go big and go sign somebody from uh, the Premier League or somewhere, somewhere from Europe who's flying and bring somebody in to, to be another cog in that. For, what, so there's two points today I want to make. First of all, January, do Liverpool sign somebody? And secondly, how important then does the midfield for Liverpool become? So you mentioned that. And I was, because in my head when this conversation came up, I'm like, no, the only transfer talk I've really seen has been all based on Newcastle. <laughs> Every player of the sun. Yeah, with everybody. And it wasn't until today I've seen 
Liverpool link with the player, and I've seen it on three different sources from a Premier right. League, and he's a player tearing up trees right now, England international. I can't see it happening personally, but the fact I've read it on three different sources. Any ideas? Have you seen it? England international? No, not Saka. Oh, re- oh, that, that would be a brilliant buy for them. Oh, he'd yeah. be perfect for them. It would. I can't see it happening, no, but like when you mentioned no. that, like if, if Liverpool were to try and make something happen, like he'd cost you what, what 100 million easily. In the, he would ha- I think you'd have to. What is he, like 11 year old? Like, especially <laughs> <laughs> like January's always a more expensive window than the summer as well. And it's not just that; it's it's his value to Arsenal as well. Like how much how much value is it to Arsenal? He plays every minute. He plays. Sometimes he plays. Well, he doesn't anymore. He plays that right, sort of wide right all the time now, doesn't he? But um, yeah, it's like it's a bit like the Declan Rice thing uh, situation. It's not it's or it's not the value of the player, how good the player is. Obviously, they're both very good players, but it's also the value. It's like Grealish, how much he was worth. Like when you like. 80% of the team's output is you, then <laughs> you're, yeah. you're worth plenty of cash. So I think Saka has been so important to them. They, they're like nowhere near as good a side, I don't think, when he plays. So that would be a really interesting buy. I think he'd be perfect for them. I think Jared Bowen would be another one. I said it before on, a, on, a, on another podcast. Yeah. I just think he's, there, there is a step up in his game. He can, he can be another level better, I think. Yeah. And he's got such an engine. He can play anywhere across that front three. That's who I'd be trying to buy. What, they pay 20 million from Hull from him? Yeah, Liverpool desperately need to uh, bring another another uh, person with small person on up top yeah um, uh, well, anything you want to add to the, the top before we look at the bottom um, no but I did want to kind of just talk maybe Man United briefly yeah go for it man so um, the only thing I want to just reiterate on a point that I brought up a couple of weeks back that I've got a con- there's a concern now about Man United and about it, about this dressing room. And remember, I said and like I likened it to the Chelsea dressing room a couple of years, about a decade ago, where they didn't fancy it, they didn't play. Manager got sacked, and then the new manager come in. They're all they're, turns out they are all world class players again. And then I I do if I was a Man U fan, obviously I would worry that not only is there part of the squad that I'm missing, like sort of centre midfield and maybe any fullbacks, whatever, but I would worry that their, their biggest players in the dressing room, Ronaldo looks like he's throwing his arms in the air, looks like he's regretting his... I think he looks like he's regretting his move, me. I yeah, think he... There was talks in the, the, the press a couple of days ago that he's, he's, he said to his agent, go and find out if Barcelona won us. I know. Is that, is that just sort of some random paper talk or some... Because I saw that, but I saw it on some, like... I thought it was on some... Um, parody Sky Sports News thing and I was like <gasps> and then just turned out it was just some joke I like but um yeah I mean, that that would be crazy wouldn't it but you know between Ronaldo Fernandez Pogba Maguire you probably see other and obviously Varane maybe Shaw as well really senior player they're probably like the biggest names certainly Ronaldo um Fernandez and Pogba are their biggest personalities in the dressing room I would say yeah, obviously, oh, Pogba's was obviously he does what, you know, whatever he's not playing at the minute. But the, the other two, every time I watch them now, and I know Gary Neville highlighted it in the Newcastle game, um, they just look so moany. So it's always complaining. It's always there's never anybody kind of clapping their hands, rallying the troops. I just think they're, I don't know. I think there's there's still huge issues um, post Oli at Man United. Yeah, yeah, it's when you because it's nuts thinking about all the different players that we have, like the 
games played in, like European like Champions League finals, like World Cup finals, like, like yeah. winners. And against Newcastle, like we we watched how bad they are. Like fair enough, Newcastle were whoop for it, but like at the end of the day, if they if that team decided to turn it on, they should be able to walk over us if they wanted to, as <laughs> not like Joe Linton had like <laughs> like control. I know I yeah, it's as I, I just I still think I mean players like Sancho and like you expected to come in and like be like nurtured and fly and just like it looks like the weight of this shirt on them. And obviously Maguire is obviously another point to make on that. He's another big personality, but his is just his is like form, but the other ones seem to me, especially I'd say Pogba, obviously he has his own issues, but like Fernandez and Ronaldo, that's like petulant and attitude issues yeah. rather than like Maguire just he's just literally forgotten to play footy, hasn't he? The minute like but um, no. but yeah, that's only kind of one point I wanted to really raise on my United. Matt, I think they they are um, twenty two points off City. That's mental, is it? I was looking at the end <laughs> when the when the table came off to the City game last night. Like City's almost double the points ahead of Man United. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and then they five times the points of Newcastle. Well, I mentioned uh, Newcastle. Let's go at the bottom, mate. So yeah, I've got. Norwich, they're 20th. They're gone in my head. Yeah, I'm gone. My gut says Watford's 19th. And I'd be surprised if Ranieri's there at the end of the season. Uh, lost what, you th- what, you think Watford will slip to 19th? Yeah. I think Ranieri might even get sacked, like, maybe another half a dozen games. <clears throat> yeah, worry, worry for Watford is that Dennis goes off to the African yeah. Nations as well, and he's been one of the fines of the season, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think... It's between a bunch of teams for 18th. Who's going to get that last spot? Uh, I think Southampton's going to be okay uh, because yeah. there's plenty of other teams that's worse than them. So I've kind of vetoed them from this in my head now. I think they were uh-huh. my, my original call. Burnley, I just got, I'm starting to think, have they just got a way of finding, finding a way out of this? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've played like half the games that everyone else, haven't they? They played. They played four games less than Newcastle and yeah. still above them. And then it brings it down to Leeds, Newcastle, and Brentford. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I'm maybe speaking a little bit from the heart here or, or, or from from wherever you want to, from, from the northeast, from Newcastle. Yeah. I think we're going to stay up. Okay, Glenn sat with these Newcastle shades on. <laughs> so... I think it's between Leeds, Brentford, slash Burnley in brackets. <laughs> yeah. I think Burnley will survive because they just always tend to... Um, Coney was a um, big signer for them. Mm-hmm. Someone who actually score goals, legitimate goal scorer, um, when he gets back fit. Um, he He's he's massive for them. Um, and they're another team that's... Some team sometimes they just look terrible when you watch them, and sometimes like they're galvanized like a different team. So, but yeah, I've written down you can never write them off. They've got you no know, two games in hand on some teams, four games in hand on others. You know, they've all they've got to do is scrape a win and a, a win and a draw out of their those games in hand, and suddenly they're like, you know, like a large, yeah, like they, they, look, they feel like they're miles away from, from the drop zone all of a sudden. So um, I agree. I think Burnley, and I said at the start of the season, just because there's, there's two points. This I think that Burnley, they've got experience of doing it, and Sean Dyche has got the experience of keeping them up, and you can never really write them off because they do tend to get good results in 
random times. But at the same time, historically, teams that have flirted with relegation year on year on year, at some point they get caught out. So it could well be this brings yeah, but I do agree. I think it's between Newcastle, Leeds, and Brentford. So I think Watford will go down as well. Brentford, you're bringing us to the conversation for the first time. Yeah, I do. I think I think so. Yeah, they they seem. Uh, I like watching them play. Like Frankie, we said that from the word go. They just seem to be. You know, teams find a way to win. They seem to be finding ways to lose games still. Yeah, they play really well and. Everyone's like up for it, and I just fear for them a little. Like that new, the Newcastle three-three draw was like indicative of that. In actual fact, they weren't. They they, they managed to be like sort of two-one up, and uh, in the blink of an eye, even though they were definitely second best in the game, Newcastle played really well. But somehow they'd gone from that two-two, then they went three-two up, and then they managed to still concede late on. It was like a sloppy goal from. It was a goal for Newcastle to score, but from defensively. So yeah, they, they, I'd be worried, but I still, th- I, I think Leeds are look all over the shop every time you watch them play in the minute. Like they're a Rafinha hamstring tear away from certain relegation. <laughs> yeah. So if I was, I'm trying to narrow it down. In me, it's between Brentford and Leeds for that third spot. Who are you saying? Uh, well, I still think Newcastle are slightly bang in it we have to remember Leeds have, haven't had so they've got three really big players Phillips Rafinha Bamford they've had no they've had no centre-halves in that time as well and they've missing two of their big three players that make them tick Newcastle basically had a full strength side and West West still below them and we've just lost our two best players uh, to injury in terms of Callum Wilson and, and ESM so I still think Newcastle are bang in it. I still think we're in it. Definitely, like we might not say, but I just think we'll survive. So yeah, I'm trying to make a prediction on going. <clears> all right, if we're going to go with one, um... oh, I don't know, Leeds, Leeds, yeah, Leeds. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were just building a case for them to stay up there, man. Yeah, I kind of am, but then I remember how much I watched them and how hung in the beam when I've watched them. They're still all over the shop, aren't they? And I think teams are totally getting wise to them. You can drag their centre-offs all over the shop, you can drag their midfields all over the shop, and then you can just run in the space. And, and, and as long as you don't get drawn in, like, everyone floods forward against them. As long as you keep some sort of defensive structure yourself, you'll not get pulled apart. And the, I mean, it's like centre-offs, like, bombing in the box that get on the end of crosses and that like and then like worried where they're getting pulled apart the corner either (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's just from a counter-attack so yeah um what if i definitely gone norwich soaps awful don't they can't score or defend that's what i've written down (laughs) so if you can't do those oh next next pod's gonna be a full roundup of the uh uh, the the year and look at the uh sort of Half-term report cards, look at our yeah. predictions, see if there's any transfers you want to bring into our predictions. Predict- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a few I think I'll be making. Yeah, some, still, some amendments, I think. He's still got Palace for 20th. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a drop in form. And then uh, I'll, we've both called uh, Arteta for the, the flop, didn't we, in Arsenal? So. Mm, I, think, I think it was you pressing that. I was just agreeing with you. Right, either way, mate, I think we've both got a... We'll have a slice of humble pie ready for the, uh, for the next week's show. <laughs> yeah, I, Anything else you want to bring up, man, over the Christmas period? No, I just, I just think it's, it's been, obviously the whole COVID thing is just, uh, is what's kind of 
not ruined it because there's still be enough football to get your teeth into stuff and really enjoy it. Um, but what do you think on the? What, well, I guess one last point with this. What did it, there, and there was some um, stuff I was reading on social media. Um, Everton fans kind of bemoaning the fact that Newcastle didn't just um, didn't um, cancel their game or postpone their game because of COVID. Postponed it because of injuries and COVID. Where um, are you on this? So the, the but that rule got reworded about a week ago. Uh, and Newcastle weren't the first team to do that. There was another club. Um, which Everton themselves. Them. Everton themselves. They they put this their statement on on their official Twitter saying um, we are. I think it was the previous game because of um, COVID and and injuries. Yeah, so it's COVID and injuries, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of the fielders of like four, 13 or fourteen outfield keepers, uh, outfield keepers, outfield players, um, and we pick. We were struggling anyway. Then we had. Uh, Wilson, Maxman, and Fraser all picked up knocks. Do you think it should be the amount of COVID cases you've got? Feel your kids if you need to, take or do you think my, it should be taking off my Newcastle glasses? I think it should just be COVID. If it's injuries, you've got to go to youth squad. So, yeah, is it if I was an Everton fan, I would be annoyed, but because other clubs have done it before us, then the rules were they're just making use of the rules. But yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's not, it's, it's not like to knock Newcastle I think they've done they've done the right thing and obviously Newcastle have played every game so far as well this is the first postponement so they've run at the ground anyway a lot of players have had rest the teams have had rested um, players and whatnot but you so you definitely think it should be unless you can unless you can't field these players due to COVID you find some way to field the team or yeah, you, you what yeah, if you need you get them to use teams you can't if COVID's the only one rule where it's like if you've got like 10 players out because of COVID that's not like your fault so then you can have it off but Injuries is part and parcel. Like you got to go to use. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Wouldn't it be interesting to see like these seventeen-year-old kids coming out yeah, like Leeds. Man City versus Liverpool? Like Leeds had a fifteen-year-old on the bench of the day. I know. Yeah, I want to see like we Johnny like finishing up like his English clash uh, <laughs> o'clock for a seven o'clock kickoff at like uh, yeah he had. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, that's... Just, uh, like the Bruyne or whoever else has come off the pitch. Imagine that you did. Debut, you know, you defend against Ford and the Bruyne, Grealish, still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna need chance of you. Man. <laughs> um, no, but I just, that's, the last, that's the last kind of thing I want to bring up, really. Yeah, well, we're gonna have a, a bumper pod for the next one. We're gonna be looking yeah. at our predictions. We're gonna be looking at the the for the FA Cup fixtures are coming in. Uh, we're gonna look at the transfer roundup as well because the the window will be open and hopefully as Newcastle fans, we'll we'll have a lot of uh, action up here. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I want I want literally as people are singing all lands down and like shaking hands. I want to be checking my phone and watching six transfers rolling in. Yeah, I want to see who's, who's your mate stands outside Jameson James's Park. What's that? Yeah, your pal stands outside. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I it, these see, reports early doors. Yeah, I see one. I want to see people getting flown by a helicopter to sign on the dotted line at one minute past. Yep. But yeah, that's but it. On behalf of uh, of uh, everyone who's come on and been a guest like uh, so far, we'll, next year we've got a lot planned, uh, which we'll be yeah. doing over the next couple of weeks. We have some some more people getting added to the panel, which is going to be great. Uh, we've got absolutely loads that's going to be happening. Thanks for everyone who's downloaded and subscribed this year. And it's I think it's definitely gone a lot better than we planned, Jan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Never thought of so. Thank you very much if you shared it uh, for your reviews. You can catch us on all social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook, Insta, 
TikTok, Twitter as well. Yeah. Uh, come and give us a like, share, and tweet, and follow, and all the other things that you do. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, hope you had a great Christmas. Happy New Year. I suppose in the, the next pod will be in the, the new year, Jan. Yeah. See yeah. you next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Thanks for downloading and subscribing. And we'll catch it on the next pod.